Good job, Amy and Meredith. Thank you all for sharing that story. I like what one theologian said. Some want to run a mission a yard within the sound of chapel bells. Some want to run a mission within the sound of chapel bells. But I want to run a mission a yard from the gate of hell. And Jesus said, I was exploited. I was used sexually. And you came to me. That's out of darkness. And it's a great ministry. And there are different ways you can plug in. And so we wanted to tell a little bit of that story. And, and one of the reasons we wanted to tell that story today is we are in the midst of a series entitled Picture This. And we're looking at if a picture is a thousand words, if it's worth a thousand words, what are those words behind the image? What is that brokenness? What is that pain? What is that shattered dream? What is that joy? What is it behind the image? What I'd like for us to do is take a look at... Um, Anthony just sent me an iMessage and it went away. I, I, can't, I can't read it. He's over in the other service. Um, I want us to take a look at the scripture. Let's do that. This is hilarious. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's take a look at the scripture. And the scripture is on the screen, sort of, my screen. Then, here we go. Then James and John and the sons of Zebedee came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. To sit at my right hand or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus said, and Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's pray together. God, we thank you that you have a vision for our lives. There are a lot of different images that have represented our lives, but most of all, we thank you for how you picture us. We thank you that you love us. As your word says, you dance over us. You celebrate us. Help us to understand that more and more, even in this hour. 
It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, what I want you to do is humor me a little bit. Pull out your smartphone. I know many of you have these. And so go ahead and and just uh, pull it out. I want you to to bring it out in in front of you. And and today we're going to talk a little bit about a phenomena that you're well familiar with. In fact, you've engaged in it, and it's called the selfie. Now, as you heard last week, this is the number one selling camera number one used camera in all the world, and then there's Android. And it's amazing how we can carry a camera with us now. It has changed. It has created a seismic shift in our culture. It has helped us, and we'll talk about this, to document some things that can be helpful. It also has been used for things that aren't helpful, It has even changed crime investigation as recordings can be made with this camera. And so to understand this, and most of you do, let's ask an expert to help us with what a selfie is. You want to do that? So I want to call Bethany Martinez up here. Bethany, will you come, please? She's one of our youth. All right. And uh, do you have your smartphone with you? You do. Well, I know that to be the case because I've gotten pictures from you. I have. I've seen pictures. All right. Now, real quick, I want you to get your smartphone. There are some keys to making this happen. I want you to share with me how to take a selfie, all right? All right. You have an iPhone? All right. I have an iPhone. All right. What do I do here? Okay. Uh, Security breach. I'm sorry. Um, it, It reads my fingerprint. Isn't that beautiful? All right. And now what? All right, and where is my camera? All right, right here. Good, okay. And there it is. Okay, now that's not a selfie, correct? That is a picture. So how do you turn the camera around? That's scary. (laughs) Yeah, you look good, but that's scary. All right, and so then I just hit this right here, right? Okay, good. Well, good. Well, I have actually, thank you. Let's let's give uh, Bethany a hand. You know, it takes, a, it takes an expert, doesn't it? And, um, and so I wanted her to come up here. All right. Well, I, I've taken a selfie before. This happened last, <laughs> last week. And, uh, and so I'm not afraid to, uh, to take, take a selfie. But, you know, really, I want to say to you, a selfie. You can take that down now. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, Joseph, thank you. Okay, good. Um, A selfie in and of itself is not a bad thing. And as I shared with you, it's intrinsically, it's not a bad thing. I mean, you can take a selfie and and chronicle some things. For example, we have a college student that just graduated, a member of our church, and he's traveling Europe by himself, and he is chronicling every landmark that he goes to. And so that's kind of cool. He can kind of document that. And he can also let his mother know that he's okay almost in real time. Um, But something else has come with it. Or it has at least exposed something with us. And that is an obsession with self. It has uncovered something that many of us knew all along. 
that we really do believe it's all about me. Interesting how statistics have grown. Selfies have been posted exponentially on the World Wide Web. 200% year after year after year. Hashtag selfie. A statistic that has matched up and paralleled that is the request for elective surgery with plastic surgeons. I kid you not. It is a booming business. One plastic surgeon said, they bring their selfie into me and say, I want to do something about this. And he said, with some I have more to work with than others. But that's an obsession with self. And it speaks to our human condition, doesn't it? I mean, think about it. When we were born, we were obsessed with ourselves. In fact, we can go to Genesis 3, what is described as the fall, where it said the fruit was desirable. It was forbidden, but it looked desirable to Adam and Eve, a man and woman, and they partook. And from that moment on, we've really seen the disclosure of what Martin Luther described, the father of the Protestant Reformation, a bent towards self. That we have an orientation toward ourselves. And that bubbles up in our culture. And so I want to suggest to you today that we look at what happened in the scripture as Jesus is approached by James and John. Now, in Matthew, they're kind of mama boys. Uh, Their mother comes and says, hey, Jesus, will you look out for my boys? I want them to be on the right and the left hand when you come into glory. In this depiction, they simply come and they say, hey, Jesus, we want to be at your right and left when you come into your kingdom. In fact, if they had had an iPhone, I believe they would have said, can we get a selfie with you? They would have posted it. And Jesus said, you don't, you don't understand what you're asking. Are you willing to drink from this cup that I'm going to drink from? Are you willing to be baptized with this kind of baptism that I'm about to move through? For he had just prefaced this with a prediction of his death. He said, if you follow me, you will drink from this cup and you will be baptized with this. You need to know this seems counterintuitive. This seems to run against our nature. But the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And if you want to be great in this kingdom... You've got to be willing to serve. And so I want to suggest to you a couple of things when it comes to your smartphone and when you're doing selfies or image images. One is, one of the things we need to remember and work against is self. And so shift one's focus. Begin to 
shift one's focus. I think even as followers of Jesus in the Christian community, our Western culture has so much emphasis on our personal salvation, which is very, very important. But there's value in understanding that our salvation is also communal. We are saved through the atonement of Jesus Christ, but we have a connectivity. We are connected to the body of Christ. We see it more than I got Jesus. We see it as Jesus got me and Jesus wants you and we're in this together. And so shifting one's focus is really a reorientation. It is a counterintuitive understanding of who we are when we shift from a selfie mentality when we're the only one in the picture. And so that moves us to a better theological understanding uh, of getting more people in the viewfinder. That's really reflective of the kingdom of God. The selfie stick. This fellow that's traveling across Europe, he's got a selfie stick. What is the purpose? It's to broaden the landscape. It's to include other things and other people. And I want to suggest to you that what we have here is out of darkness. And that's an opportunity for us to say, we want to move some people into our viewfinder, into this frame of reference called our worldview that are needy that are Jesus people just as much as we are. And we have an opportunity to make a difference in our lives. Instead of seeing our lives as a selfie, I like to see it as a motion picture. And there are times where the camera can be on us, but it can't stay frozen on us. It, it needs to move and bring in the faces and lives of others. And then centering ourselves and that picture in Jesus. Making sure that that frame is centered around Christ. That our worldview has Christ in the foreground, not just in the background. One of the things that I appreciate was... Um, the life of my mother-in-law. She was a, a godly woman and she walked with Christ. But she had a way of what Delia describes as swooping people up. What do I mean by that? When she would move into a community, for example, kind of a small village in Tennessee where she lived, she would relate to people that not everybody related to. Uh, she taught gifted kids, she taught low-performing kids. She was in special education. And she would see potential in kids, and she would go to a trailer park and go inside a dilapidated trailer, and there would be this family, and she would tutor for free. She would see potential in one of her students and wanted them to rise up above some of the challenges they had. There was a woman uh, in this small town, and the, the town had an African-American side, a black side, and a white side. And unfortunately, believe it or not, it was just 
a couple of years ago, they finally did away with the black pool and the white pool, public pool. And she would cross over those lines and she would bring food to one of her dear friends, an African-American woman. She was lily white, but she would go. This woman was ill. And so she was able, in a very powerful way, in the spirit of Christ, to not just have herself in the image, but she pulled in people that didn't live like her or look like her. And if you looked close enough at those pictures, because she was always taking pictures, you could see Jesus. You could see Christ. That's what I wanted. I don't want it to be just about me. I want it to be about the Lord. And I want it to be about others. And when you think about it, that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's how he lived. He gave his life, not for himself, not for his own glory, but that we might have everlasting life.